again, everyone, and, and welcome to Cotton Grower Magazine's Cotton Companion Podcast. Well, here we are the week of Thanksgiving, and we certainly hope cotton harvest is complete, or is at least starting to wind down long enough for some much needed family time. USDA is telling us that on average, this year's crop is pretty much caught up. It's actually just a little bit ahead of the five-year harvest average, and that's good news, especially with cotton prices where they are. I'm Jim Stedman, Senior Editor of Cotton Grower, and as always, I'm joined by Cotton Grower Editor Frank Giles. Frank, what's going on? Oh, not too much. Like I say, looking forward to getting with family this week and enjoying uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, you look at that five-year average, um, it's amazing we were early in the year talking about how behind everything was, and you can make up a lot of ground pretty quick if you get the right weather. You sure can, definitely, and we'll talk about that in just a few minutes, but since it's Thanksgiving week and, and really and truly there's not a whole lot of things happening in the industry right now, we thought we'd kind of slow things down a little bit today and talk about some things this year that have made us feel thankful. Now, you got to realize this is coming from me and from Frank, so uh, and I'm sure there's, there's a lot more things that, that y'all are thankful for out there, and that's certainly more than fair, and, and probably your individual list would probably make a whole lot more sense than ours will, so, uh, so bear with us. If nothing else, we'll compare notes and, uh, and, and maybe entertain you a little bit in the process. But first, there's a few news items from the industry. Frank? Yeah, Jim, in terms of full disclosure, we're recording this on Friday, November 19th. So we're looking at the numbers from USDA's crop progress report for the week ending November 14th. And it's pretty simple. Harvest is, is its only focus. And for cotton, it was the third consecutive week of an overall 10 percentage point increase. But this was important because 65% of the U.S. Uh, cotton crop now reported is harvested. The 2021 crop is now one percentage point ahead of the five-year average for this date. In essence, the crop as a whole has caught up. That's certainly not quite the case on individual state basis. But the gap between actual and average continues to close. Ten cotton-producing states show double-digit double percentage increases in the past week, with four states, Arizona, California, Oklahoma, and Texas, now reported ahead of their respective averages. And a shout-out to Barry Evans, our 2016 Cotton Grower Cotton Achievement Award winner and a good friend from Crest, Texas. Barry was honored this past week by the field to market the Alliance for Sustainable Agriculture as their 2021 Farmer of the Year and as part of their 2021 sustain Sustainability Leadership Program. He was recognized for outstanding conservation efforts on his farm and leadership in advancing sustainable agriculture. Farming 4,500 acres of cotton and grain sorghum in the Texas Panhandle the award recognizes his innovation and dedication to profitability, advancing sustainability through an adaptive approach to conservation. His commitment has dramatically reduced his energy use by nearly 80%, improved irrigated water use efficiency, conserved air and water resources, and rebuilt generations of degraded soil health. And Frank, there's one more news item that, uh, that I found this morning that I think is, is noteworthy and, and something that we, we need to cover. And it comes, uh, uh, start what, you know, we're all familiar, we, we've all heard about the Cotton Board's uh, Blue Jeans Go Green program. 
that recycles used denim into housing insulation for organizations like Habitat for Humanity. You're familiar with that one, right? Yep. And, and some of us are familiar uh, with Dr. Bill Robertson and his uh, rather graphic demonstration of how 100% cotton underwear can break down relatively quickly in the soil, uh, adding to soil organic matter, as opposed to non-cotton underwear, mind you. And I think he's just using that as, as you know, an, an easy example. But now out of, out of all places, out of Goody Windy, Australia, and I love that name, comes the story of a grower who's taking used unwanted cotton clothing, sheets, and other textile waste, shredding it into a fine mulch, and then using a fertilizer spreader to spread it over his cotton acres to help improve the soil. He's creating what they're, what's known as a circular economy. What comes from the soil goes back to the soil. Now, the, the jury's still out on the long-term benefits, but the initial research shows it has absolutely no negative impact on soils and probably in the long run will help improve soil health. So there we have it. You got to leave it to the Australians to, uh, to figure out a novel approach to cotton recycling. Wow, that's interesting. I, I tell you, I'd rather be behind that spreader truck than one carrying chicken, <laughs> than one carrying chicken litter. <laughs> I think we've all been there. I think, yeah, absolutely. When you, when you drive down, when you drive down those county highways, as as often as we do, you're bound to get behind a spreader of some kind, uh, yep. from time absolutely. to time. Absolutely. And but, you know when it's chicken litter. Oh yeah, you definitely know when it's chicken litter. No question about it. Well, let's let's take a few minutes now, Frank, to uh, to chat a little bit about some of the industry things, events, highlights, people that that have that maybe caused us to give a little bit of thanks this year, and it's. It's certainly been a strange and wonderful year for cotton, starting with uh, cool temperatures, either too much or too little rain, uh, and some guarded optimism that's, that's really turned out to be a pretty memorable season. So I'm just going to throw the first one out there uh, and jump in as, as, as you see fit. Uh, I think the first one that, that I think everybody in the industry was thankful for, particularly in West Texas, was rain in West Texas, which put uh, dry land acres back into the picture for the first time in several years. It's uh, uh, when you look at the estimates for production uh, out of the cotton out of cotton this year, I think we're looking at like 18 and a half million bales. And a lot of that is made up from, uh, from some of those dryland acres that haven't been with us for a few years. Absolutely. I mean, just seeing, seeing photography of the cotton crop out of Texas and other places, frankly, it's been really, really encouraging to see those really nice crops. Uh, and people, people want to get out there and get their family photos in the crop this year. So that's always a good sign. I will, I will, I will tell you right now, I'll raise my hand and say, first of all, thank you uh, to anyone out there who has submitted a photo for our Cotton Kids pages uh, in Cotton Grower Magazine. Uh, I'm averaging about two a day wow. right now, which is great. I, th I think we have now have photo inventory to get us probably through two or maybe through our March issue. But, you know, please. If you've got great photos of your kids, please keep sending them in. I love seeing them, and uh, and we're we're taking good care of those photos, and we'll get them uh, get them in print just as soon as we can. Great, great. Uh, I think mean, another thing that that uh, that we have to be thankful for is the uh, adaptability of uh, of the cotton industry, of growers, of agriculture in general, following a year of, of COVID shutdowns or semi shutdowns. Just basically the ability to get back out. And see people in person. It's uh, it's it's been it's been fun watching uh, watching people interact again. 
in uh, in certain events like field days or, or meetings or things like that. It's just added a certain seems to have added a certain amount of of light back to the industry at this point. We think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just the events that I've been to since things started opening back up. Uh, you know, just a different different feel for some of these events that you've been going to for years and years. Uh, just the ability to be back at them is something special. And, uh, you know, hopefully that'll continue. I know some of the northern states are starting to spike up again with their numbers, but hopefully it'll follow the track like in Florida where I live. Uh, over the summer, we, we spiked and, you know, then have come back down since. So hopefully we'll get through this, this little hump here and get back on, back on track to more normal yes, times. Definitely. Well, the next thing I think on our, our thankful list, and, and I hope growers will, will certainly agree with this, is the impressive performance we've seen this year from today's cotton varieties. Uh, and that's from all seed companies. Uh, they are just flat out performing and making these high yields possible. And it's, it's great to see the photos from across the cotton belt right now, of just beautiful, pristine, white, uh, white cotton fields. Uh, and so kudos certainly to, uh, to all of the seed companies and their, uh, and their breeding staff for, for the work that they've been able to do. Yep, absolutely. I remember back in the day when three bale cotton was kind of the holy grail and, right. and now, you know, now you're seeing four and even five, five bales in cases. So it's pretty remarkable. Yeah. In places where they've never, where they've never had that, that type of, uh, of yield before. So it's, uh, it's, 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 like I said, it's going to be an impressive year by the time everything's said and done. Absolutely. Next, certainly we got to talk about dollar cotton because we haven't seen it in, in like 11 plus years at this point. And, and part of that, certainly we're thankful for the, you know, for the price and, and the way things have gone with it, uh, since it is basically a, you know, from, from where we sit right now in, in late November to where we were a year ago at this time, it's 40 cent increase in price over 12 months. And that's, that's pretty substantial. Um, but we also have to have to give thanks to some of the visionaries uh, who were kind of willing to stick their necks out about predictions of dollar cotton way back around the first of uh, just after the first of the year. You folks have sort of kept us on the reporting side of this business on our toes and, and sometimes a little bit off balance uh, with some of those prognostications. And, and maybe we, we weren't exactly sure where you were coming from for, uh, for a while, but man, if you nailed it, and uh, you know, dollar, and we just sort of left the the dollar mark in in the rearview mirror. I think I'm looking at prices today, right around the dollar fourteen, dollar fifteen. Uh, it's unheard of, and uh, certain so certainly we think uh, we're thankful for folks who have the vision to be able to look ahead and see what's coming. Absolutely, absolutely, it's it's great to see these prices where they are, and hopefully the input prices and the various things that are also increasing. Uh, Hope the prices received or uh, keep keep outpacing that. And uh, one of the things that uh, I think also we have to be thankful for is we have seen some some sporadic weather events this year in certain areas, but nothing like the continual wave after wave after wave of bad weather we've had for the last two years. I'm Frank. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give credit to our to our friend Mike Boylan oh, on this one. Here we go. Uh, you know, who, uh, who kind of predicted it might be a, a fairly easy hurricane year. Yep. Uh, even, even though I think, even though I think he got out and played in some of them a little bit, did a little storm chasing and, and it maybe scared him to death uh, in some cases, but considering what we've been through for the last couple of years, this year has kind of been a, uh, you know, we've 
we've gotten off in, in good shape. Yep, absolutely. I mean, there was there was the one that came through around New Orleans that was pretty rough, but uh, beyond that, it's been fairly quiet. Yeah, thankfully. Let's hope that continues. Absolutely. And one other thing, and I have to I have to give credit. We uh, we certainly appreciate Frank, and I certainly appreciate the input and the assistance we we got this year from uh, our panel of CropScan Ag Report consultants, and uh, that's that's Chad Harrell over in North Carolina. West Briggs in, in Georgia, Tucker Miller in Mississippi, and Mark Nimick and Kerry Siders out in Texas. Uh, they gave us some excellent insight on a weekly or a biweekly basis on what was happening with crops and crop conditions in their areas. And, and we certainly appreciate their input. Uh, it's a program we're going to continue next year. Uh, so you can certainly watch for that starting probably in early May, I believe is the date we have set for that. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like they say. There's uh, footprints in the in the soil is uh, how you keep on top of a crop, and those guys are out walking fields every day. So, no better no better group of people to report on crop conditions than those those guys. That's right. Well, Frank, you got anything to add to the list? Not really. I mean, I think you know. Thankful we made it through another year. Uh, these <laughs> these these past two have been unlike any other in our lifetime, at least my lifetime. And, and uh, so I think, you know, looking to 2022 is uh, hopefully we'll get things a little bit more normalized and uh, move beyond this pandemic. What, whatever, whatever normal is. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, you know, even in the midst of a pandemic, we, we still have a lot to be thankful for. So I think we'll all want to reflect on that this week. Definitely. Definitely. Well, and I appreciate listeners, certainly appreciate you putting up with us and, uh, you know, listening to, to some of the things we have to say. We wanted to make this episode a little lighter and, and, uh, and, and a little shorter so it doesn't take up as much time of your important time, certainly right now. So, Frank, let's go ahead and close things out. All right. And that's it for this episode of the Cotton Companion Podcast. A special thanks, as always, to you, dear listeners, for joining us. And if you like what you hear on the Cotton Companion, please be sure to spread the word and tell your farmer friends about this podcast. Here's where and how they can find us. You can find the Cotton Companion in three easy ways. First, go to cottongrower.com forward slash companion or simply click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. Second, subscribe to our channel on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts these days. And three, Sign up for our weekly e-newsletter, The Cotton Grower E-News, that's delivered to your email inbox every Tuesday morning. You can do that by going to cottongrower.com forward slash subscribe. Also, be sure to follow Cotton Grower on social media. We are at Cotton Grower Mag on Twitter. And on Facebook, you'll find us by searching for Cotton Grower Magazine. Cotton Companion Podcast comes to you twice monthly. It's produced by Tyler Hatch and Kim Henderson, our talented colleagues at the World Headquarters for Meister Media Worldwide in lovely Willoughby, Ohio. My name's Jim Stedman. His name's Frank Giles. We'll be back with you in two weeks with the next episode of The Cotton Companion. Until then, stay safe. Farmer. Yeah, he works and he works and he works and he works all day. God made a farmer.